0: The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay.
1: let's for to record, we got a Sun in Phoenix too. 52 to...
0: a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Crumpetich.
1: Howdy. It's good to be back on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah.
0: We're not doing the monthly thing anymore. We're We're back to weekly. It feels right. And yeah, as we get closer and closer to the season, we should have plenty more to talk about. Training camp's just around the corner. But this week on the show... We'll be talking about the findings of the Robert Sarver investigation and the punishment and fines that he received, and we'll uh, kind of go around and just touch on everyone who's commented about it and what we think
1: about it, obviously. Thanks to those of you who reached out to us on Twitter, at Sunny and PHX Pod. Good to hear from everyone. Um... I, I'm still there. I'm, I'll be able to respond. I think I'm just going to leave it where it is. Cause I, I'm not really looking at it too much, but when I get that notification that someone tweeted at us, I see it and that's nice. So yeah, tweet at us at Sunday and PHX pod. All
0: right. Robert Sarver. The, the investigation has finally come to a close. He's received his punishment and is fine. And it seems like the sports world in general is not happy with how this ended. So, Robert Sarver is issued a one-year suspension and a $10 million fine.
1: And that's it. Yeah, this is like nothing for him. Like, he's going to go on vacation for a year. And then I saw, uh, somewhere I saw someone did a little bit of math and said that a $10 million fine based on Robert Sarver's net worth is the equivalent of a $1,000 fine for someone in their zone making a median income. So, like, a little bit more than... I mean, this is maybe, like, a few speeding tickets for Robert Sarver.
0: This is like an accidental brush on the wrist. It's not
1: even... A... Right, it's not even a slap. This oh, is like... A tap. Yeah, this is, you haven't done your landscaping in a year, and you got to have someone come do it. <laughs> oh, and, Maybe a and, little,
0: a thousand is a little bit more than that, but whatever. So, I mean, obviously, we're not going to go deep into it, you've all read, but uh, there, this all involves racism, sexual harassment, sexual misconduct, uh, misconduct excuse me. And then just uh, overall terrible treatment of employees. And this is all very well-documented hundreds of employees. Yeah, a lot of people were interviewed. A lot of people. Um, And the fact that they have exact dates of some of these uh, things that Robert had done just speaks to, uh, I mean, this is a fact that all this went down. And something that really bothered me was the a statement from the Suns, pretty much disqualifying everything that was said in the investigation. Right. It's just bothersome, and yeah, when you're the big boss, you can sure pull the strings and do that. But I mean, it's not a good look. And after that happens, I mean, just look at all the look look at all the feedback that he got. Uh, obviously, none good. PayPal, our Jersey sponsor, says they'll end their sponsorship
1: if Robert Sarver uh, doesn't leave. Yeah. um, As far as, like, uh, the statement and everything goes, that's a little bit confusing because at first, Sarver had kind of admitted to some of these things. Before the investigation was in full swing, he said, yeah, I did this, I did that, I did this. And that's some of the stuff that came out, and it's like, you can't double back and say, you know what, actually, no. Hmm. Like, this stuff is well documented. And even in the past, for some of it, he admitted that he did it. So, yeah, I mean, it's a very, very, very bad look. It's really embarrassing. Um, I, I was going outside uh, to pull weeds or something the day that this investigation, the full report was released. And I went to grab a hat just to put on to go out in the sun. And the first hat I saw was the Suns hat. I said, I'm not wearing this today. Mm -hmm. I don't want to wear this right now. Um, So, yeah, that looks really bad. Uh, But the the PayPal sponsorship is something that's very interesting. Because we know the only way that anything is actually going to get done here is if there is a significant financial implication. And a PayPal sponsorship on the jersey is just that. So what I'm hoping is that a lot of our other major sponsors have similar reactions and say, yeah, we're done. You know, Footprint, for instance, the, the company that owns the naming rights to the stadium. I want to hear, uh, hear the same statement from them and like Casino Arizona, and uh, all of those big sponsors, um, I want to hear similar statements. Because nothing is actually going to happen unless there is a significant financial uh, implication for the team.
0: Right, and think about this. PayPal already came out and said, we're going to end the sponsorship due to the owner of the team's actions. Who's going to want to put their
1: their uh, logo on our jersey next my pillow (laughs) that's let me tell you that is my fear my the worst case scenario here is that we just get a bunch of these like you know we have info wars on the jersey next year or whatever you know (laughs) you were quick with that well done
0: man (laughs) But, yeah, that that's the track that I was going there. Uh, but other than that, I mean, any company with a good reputation is going to see that, oh, PayPal's big time, and they're dropping out. We can't go. And then what's going to be the fans' response to whatever company? You know, the, the true Suns fans uh, who are fed up with this type of crap that we've been putting up with. Right. Uh, I don't know. They're going to probably boycott whatever company that may be. If they ever right. use their products, that is. But it, it's not going to be a good look for whoever it is. So that's the that's a big chunk that they get from PayPal for that jersey patch. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That'll be interesting. And then you got to think about what, what does the rest of the ownership group, what, what kind of say in this do they have to the point where uh, if all of this stuff has been found to be true, can can they – push Sarver out in any fashion is that possible I, I don't know what's going to happen next but uh, I mean
1: there are really there's sh- good to see the big one go right away with PayPal yeah that's true there should be some checks and balances within ownership I mean Sarver owns about 35 percent of the team which is the majority but I mean that other 65 percent those other owners need to get together and kind of figure something out. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, for instance, I don't think he owns very much of the team, just a small percentage, but it's odd to me that he's been, like, not super vocal about this. Uh, yeah, very strange there. Jam Najafi, one of the minority owners, uh, came out with a statement calling for Sarver's resignation. Uh, and in his statement... It it sounded really good. It's like, oh, maybe this is who we want to take over. But he says later on, I don't want to be the majority owner. But he also doesn't want Sarver to be, which, fair enough. Right, and
0: I respect that stance, honestly, because, honestly, he's the one that had the balls to call it out. Right. But then he's not trying to make a power play to take it. You know, exactly. So I yeah. like the looks of that. I'm glad that we had one guy do that. But the, there was some sort of statement put out where I did see Larry Fitzgerald's name, uh, like signed an agreement to about, mm-hmm. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but like Najafi's name wasn't on that, but Fitz's was. And apparently, if Fitz and Sarver or buddies or whatever. Who who knows what that relationship's really like? It just right? seems odd. It does, <laughs> yeah. It really does. But, and apparently, they aren't they all neighbors? Oh, or I'm neighborhood sure. or something I'm like sure, that. Yeah, I think I think that might be a situation. But okay, uh, yeah. So there's a some sort of split even in the ownership group, and then uh, I don't know. Obviously, we're not huge fans of Robert Sarver here, to put it mildly. So all of the – I mean, there's so many other people that have come out and said things about this already, which has just been nice to see because as much as the NBA tried to kind of sweep this under the rug with a one-year suspension and a $10 million fine, uh, a lot of people aren't letting that happen.
1: Right, and – Yeah, the Players Association has had comments. Chris Paul and LeBron have made some comments. I would like to see more from the players, especially our players, but we have some players who just aren't super vocal about anything, and I actually can kind of respect that as someone who has really moved away from social media in general. Um we don't know what they actually think and so i can kind of see that but i think a guy like chris paul it is important for him to make a statement as you know the former players association president for quite a while and someone who's been in the league for a really long time and someone who's really big on social justice and that kind of thing um so i, I was happy to see chris paul say something i i
0: 100 agree with everything you want you did say but one thing I will add, and I'm not trying to minimize what you had just said because mm-hmm. Chris Paul's the man, but he's the only one that's really stable enough to be able to say that about his owner. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, if Chris Paul gets cut or whatever, he still has all that money that's still yeah. coming his way. Fair enough. And much. he'll probably find another job. So, yeah. But I mean, What's like D Book just signed that extension. I like. I mean, yeah, financially he's going to be fine, but I wouldn't love coming out against the owner if uh, I didn't have to.
1: Yeah. And its I've seen a lot of people saying this too, like, oh, the players, the players need to refuse to play. They're the ones that will make the difference. And I really, I disagree. I think the sponsors and things like that are the financial pieces. That's what actually will make a difference.
0: I think so too. Uh,
1: Man, who knows, though? I know. Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting next uh, month and a half or so. Right.
0: Uh, <laughs> man. So, yeah, another thing is Gambo had a tweet, and he said the NBA may have issued a pretty lenient punishment
1: just to see what the reaction would be. And there's been a ton. And I I I mean, it's Gambo. Even Gambo says it's a rumor in this tweet, but... I can see that, you know, I, I, when I read that, I'm like, that I think is somewhat reasonable that the NBA just said, let's see how people react to this and then maybe do something different. Um, I don't think it's the best course of action, uh, especially after the Donald Sterling stuff, but we have to remember the difference here is a lot of Donald Sterling stuff was caught on video. And we don't have any of that necessarily for summer. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a little odd that, you know, the way that the Donald Sterling situation was dealt with was different. And if I recall correctly, that was right when Adam Silver took over as commissioner, right? Right. So it pretty much his first action as commissioner, Right. Like. So he was kind of trying to, uh, you know, put his foot down and, People loved him for it, you know? People were like, oh, you know, this guy's actually going to do something, and uh, all those years later, now we have a similar situation, and it's being handled very differently. So maybe it is a situation where they're just trying to see the public's reaction, and then they'll do something different, but I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, it's really too bad that, there wasn't the smoking gun, you know. Yeah. Uh, I guess we've seen uh, the closest, maybe that we've gotten was Robert Sarver with his shirt off, wearing DeAndre Ayton's chain on the plane. <laughs> that might have been the closest we got to see anything too crazy. Uh, yeah. Oh, there! I did see a tweet of him slapping terrazzo uh, on the
1: butt. That's right. Yep. Yeah.
0: Uh, that's. That wasn't cool. That's probably not cool. No. Yeah. Don't know their relationship, but probably not cool. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: <laughs> we do yeah, we just don't have a lot of straight up video evidence of these things. I mean, we do have stories that have been corroborated by a lot of employees. That is true, right. Uh,
0: <laughs> the The one thing that I've joked about, that I give him a small pass for is the... We'll get into it. The shaved testicles will be properly... We'll use them oh. properly. Uh, okay. I've been in locker rooms before, growing up. It's pretty goofy in there. I mean, it's pretty safe to say that happens. But, obviously, I've never been a professional in a professional setting. Right. Uh, so, I know that... Guys can have guy talk and locker room talk and all that, but I like a guy in his fifties or sixties hanging out with a bunch of guys in their twenties trying to be one of the boys. That's who's technically
1: their boss,
0: right? That like that seems just it seems stupid. I'm not excusing it because most of us can relate. When we're with our buddies, we probably say some stupid things and do some stupid things, right? But, uh. No, I, I kind of got a kick out of that bit of it, to be honest, but not any of the other stuff. I mean,
1: Right. I mean, I think uh, about when you talk about locker room talk or whatever, that's, I mean, I remember being in school and like, you know, we'd laugh. I, I experienced this, you know, you go to shower after the football game or whatever and, oh, oh, you've got a really hairy chest. And it's like, ah, uh, uh, yeah. And move, you move on. It's not that big of a deal, you know. Um, and that's something that is true about me. (laughs) Um, but it's not, (laughs) I was, I was compared to a werewolf recently and, uh, yeah, yeah, but we don't need to get into that. Uh, like that, that was the extent of it for us, you know, or maybe you've got someone razzing you for a play you missed or something during the game, you know, it was, it was never like that serious in my experience at least like there, there were a couple times i will say there were a couple times where something got out of hand and i'll tell you our coaches handled it i mean we didn't get to that stuff didn't slide if people went too far with anything it was handled immediately um we had a situation when i was i'm not going to go into it but it wasn't great and I mean, this kid didn't play in games for, like, the rest of the year. So, uh, but, yeah, like, that's that's what I think of as locker room talk. This is different because this is work. This is, like, imagine you're at your job and your boss comes in and starts saying all of these super inappropriate things. Like, that is very uncomfortable and inappropriate. And what what I will say from also personal experience having worked in sports before is this is not the exception. This happens. This kind of thing happens a lot. I saw some of this happen in the team I was working for. Um, Now it wasn't to the same extent as Sarver, definitely. Like this is uh, very detailed and everything, but like we saw a similar thing happen with the Mavericks in the past um, and I believe the Kings had some issues along these lines. And I'm I've been saying this for a long time. Like get used to this. Like these stories are going to continue to come out.
0: And we can even just take it away from the gross personal type stuff. Like this guy's in the locker room or hallway trying to tell DeAndre Ayton how to box out too. Right. And then, also trying to be one of the boys in the locker. It just seems so, yeah, like it's obviously immature to a pretty high extent, like right. I'm half of his age, or maybe, you know, something like that. I couldn't imagine doing that with a bunch of guys that I'm supposed to lead in some right. extent to some right. extent exactly. And then I, I mean, Back to boys can be boys. If it's the teammates in the locker room talking about whatever they want, like, who cares? But when, you're, say, your boss comes in and tries to engage in that talk, you that guy gets knocked down several pegs to he's trying to be my friend and he's goofy. Right. right. I don't respect him like I probably should for a guy who's exactly. signing the checks, technically. Exactly. Uh, but... Uh, that's obviously, he's past that, and he's just trying to be uh,
1: one of the boys. Right. And, I, and it goes to show, I think, what, what the NBA has decided. It goes to show that they're going to side with the owners over anyone. And I don't think that's right. Um, that's and when you look at when we talk about public reaction, we have a good example here. The mayor of Phoenix, Kate Gallego, had a statement that says quote it is unacceptable for the organization's leadership to be associated in any way with the despicable actions detailed in the report we are equally concerned about a culture that would enable these actions to occur time and time again with at most ineffective disciplinary action so i mean that's i think that just goes to show i i think that sums it up well and that's coming from the mayor of Phoenix. That's not a good look for the NBA either.
0: No, it's truly not. And we've been talking here for a few minutes about this. And honestly, we haven't brought up the racism or right. the sexual harassment or the sexism. Yeah. And that that's obviously... Worse than the stuff that we've kind of jokingly been talking. Oh yeah, about it's
1: it's pretty bad.
0: Yeah, and I don't want it like I don't want to sit here on this podcast and dive too deep into that because it's like we can just say that those are disgusting ways to think and act. And I right. kind of like to just end it with that on that aspect. I totally. Uh, I, I didn't. You know. Yeah, we joked about some things, but uh, obviously, not a way for any human to really treat their employees or other people in general right and uh sadly we're fans of a basketball team that happens to be owned by a guy like that
1: yes and i think it's good to consider that the team is so much more than just the owners and coaches and players there's a lot of people that work for these teams whether it be in sales or in you know working for the arena or marketing or social media or whatever they employ a lot of people and these are the people who are also getting treated very poorly uh the The people
0: making nearly minimum wage you know they're not making hundreds and hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars it's right it's people that live in your neighborhood some guy on reddit uh, Mm -hmm. said he worked for the team for 20 years and he experienced a lot of this stuff and just touched on it but he said exactly your neighbors are you know, people that work for the Suns just like me that have been putting up with this. and Right. Yeah, that's an I, entirely different aspect to look at it because we, <sighs> we like basketball and we worry most about what happens on the court for the most part. Right.
1: Yeah, so this affects a lot of people. And the other thing that I kind of try to think about too is that this doesn't necessarily represent the players. Uh, I, I remember when... A lot of this had first come out and the investigation had started i was a little bit torn on like am i gonna watch still and i kind of came to the conclusion that like devin booker chris paul deandre and mikhail bridges although players they don't have anything to do with this right. and i'm happy to support devin booker still or chris paul still uh so i want to support the players themselves but not Sarver's actions. And I think I mean, I think you can do that and still watch the team.
0: I really want to buy the new purple jerseys, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that well, and that was gonna be my next point. I remember saying all that time ago, I mean, a year and a half ago, or whatever it was, that I'm trying not to buy as much sun stuff. And I can't say I really bought... Oh, you know what? I bought one thing. I bought some Suns onesies for my daughter. That's acceptable. Yeah, so that's the only thing, I think, with a Suns logo on it that I've bought since. But, yeah, you know, I think I'm still going to watch these games. And those purple jerseys are nice. I do <laughs> really like those.
0: But, like, real talk, I don't know how many games I want to go to. Unless right, something more is right. done. Because exactly. Yeah, he got fined, and Sarver can't have any dealings with the team, but he's still lined in his pockets with the profits that the team makes.
1: That's right. That's
0: you know? right. So, it's something to consider. And, I mean, I don't think it's realistic to say, don't even watch the games on TV, because I'm going to watch the games.
1: I'm going to watch them, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, if you, you know, don't go to games. Make it back five years ago when there was literally no one in the stands except me and Mitch. Yeah. (laughs) Our season tickets were very uh, affordable back then. They were very affordable back then. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, put a game on ESPN where there's 100 fans sitting in the lower bowl and just show how that looks. That'd be – Yeah. I mean, that's pushing it. We we all know that that's probably not going to happen, but – I mean, if enough people, enough Phoenix residents say, no, I'm
1: not going to a game this year, that'll show up. It will. Yeah, it will. I mean, the the dollar goes a long way. Uh, My anticipation, though, my guess, is that we have not heard the end of this. Something more is going to happen. This is a very, very bad look for the NBA. And I don't think Adam Silver is just going to sit idly by and just stick with his decision. I, yeah. I anticipate more will happen.
0: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think this is the end of it either. I. I think he ends up getting forced to resign. Um, yeah. I don't know what the rest of the ownership group could possibly do. If there's any anything they can do. If that doesn't happen, I hope the public pressure is just too much. I mean, uh, I know people are already talking about putting up billboards again and all that. I guess that's <sighs> a start, but.
1: Yeah, it is. The I mean, the national it didn't, attention didn't work is what
0: time. needs to happen. The the national <laughs> yeah. attention is what we need and that's uh, right. You know, everyone knows how much I love LeBron James. <laughs> but I I was very thankful to see him tweet something like that. Yeah.
1: Uh, I am in the same boat. Yeah. It was nice to see uh LeBron's response. Um but yeah, no, I think you're you're right. I think it will ultimately end up in in him being forced to resign. I mean, I I look at this. We were talking off off the recording about football a little bit before this. If if what happened in Washington with the Snyder family and everything, if that if they can get that out, then we can do it here with the Suns. True. <laughs> sure. Because, I mean, they were dead set. We are never changing this name. We're not doing it. And, like, here we are. Now we've got the commanders. That's right. So, yeah, I think it's possible. And, I, yeah, we're going to have to keep an eye out over the next, I guess it's, what, six weeks or so until the season starts. Uh, right. It's going to be very interesting to see how that goes. Uh, but this was a, a heavy episode. We understand, but we had to talk about it. So thank you for sticking with us. We're going to lighten the mood a little bit here for our non-sports section. Uh, what's your favorite kind of donut? And do you have a go-to donut place here in Phoenix?
0: Yes, sir. I am a proud supporter of the apple fritter. Oh, okay. Wow. And I will say that Bosa Donuts makes the best one that I've found. Mm. So that that's my go-to. I know it's you know we're getting a little fancy. It's not quite a donut donut, <laughs> but apple fritter is it's so nice. It's got to be uh, a little soft.
1: I went to college with apple fritter. Yeah. That's a guy. <laughs> guy. Is it guy? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. Um, I like an apple fritter. It's it's not my go-to, but I'm not mad if it's there. No. You know, when you order... Sometimes it's nice to just go get a dozen assorted donuts. And if there's an apple fritter in there, I'm usually like, oh, well, nice. (laughs) Okay. Um, I also have a somewhat non-conventional favorite, and it's the buttermilk donut. I love those. Like, I think they call them bear claws sometimes. Okay, okay. They're, you know, pretty thick. Uh, They often have, like, ridges on them, and they're, yeah, just... Glazed, big chunk of buttermilk that's fried. Big fan of the buttermilk. Yeah. Donuts, um, though, I,
0: in general. There's... I, I don't know if there's one that I don't like.
1: Yeah. Um. I'm not a huge fan of, like, the cream-filled. Um, and I'll, I don't... Maybe I've mentioned this before on the show. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of, like, whipped cream or, like, frosting or anything like that. So sometimes cream-filled is a little bit too much for me.
0: I I can get behind that. That wouldn't be
1: my first choice. Right. Um, I'm a big fan of Rainbow Donuts um, in Phoenix. Uh, I've been there a few times. That's the place that I go if, like, I'm bringing them into the office or something. Uh, Rainbow Donuts is a solid one. I think they have a few different locations. I like Bosa too. I've been to Bosa more definitely because they're everywhere. Right. Um, but yeah, I've had good experiences at Rainbow Donuts. I don't, know if you've I, I don't
0: think I've one. ever, I've ever had it. Maybe, uh, maybe by chance, but I don't think I've ever gotten them myself from there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you'll have to try it. It's pretty good. Hmm. Man.
0: Yeah, I was, I'm was. i just thinking. I have a gripe about breakfast food in general, and it is that, I guess it's Starbucks in general. Mm. Their food is so bad. It's pretty rough. But I do enjoy their coffee. And if they yeah. could just put it all together, i yeah. would have a big fan here, but... Yeah. I feel like all of their breakfast is just the throw in the microwave type stuff.
1: It I mean, is. It is. Yeah, I, I can't get behind that. No, it's, it's, I've had a hard time with that stuff too. Um, one thing I also want to add here is my wife has recently got me pretty invested into the Great British Baking Show. Um, and they were making some donuts. We're, we're not on the current season, we're almost there. Um, but in the in the the last season, I think it was season nine. There was an episode where they made a, a donut type thing, and that, that show's great. Um, there, are, I've learned there are fantasy leagues for that show, <laughs> and yeah. I can totally see it. Yeah, uh, it's a great show. Like I have been, it's been a really nice like off season watch because it's pretty competitive. Like I find I like I have favorite people and. Uh, if it doesn't go well, I'm disappointed. But when they do well, I'm like pretty excited. It's uh yeah, it's a great show.
0: I've heard nothing but good things about it. And I feel like a lot of the cooking shows that I've watched I have just not enjoyed. yeah, like the any sort of competition cooking shows i, I re- except Iron Chef, like old school Iron Chef. I was never a big fan of that one. Oh, that was legit, because Alton Brown, the host... See, I don't
1: love him. Oh, Mitch. I know, I know. He's so good. I've had this exact conversation with a lot of people in the past.
0: I want to say that you've had it with Josh, and Josh is on my side, right?
1: Yeah, yes, that is exactly true. He's a big Alton. Yes, he likes him.
0: Okay, but uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed those, but um going back to i think british cooking shows just have an edge of some sort that uh
1: they do they do yeah which is odd because british food is like not known for being good right (laughs) but the shows are just great yeah this show is very very well done um and yeah i mean they're all an hour long and we were watching one the other night and I felt like we had been watching for 15 minutes and the next one was starting. Whew. Yeah. So wow. it's, it's solid. It's a very good show, yeah. And it's... It, I also like it. It's, it's very heartwarming. The people there do... You know, they get to know each other and they care about each other. And when someone leaves, it's sad. And they're all sad for each other. So, yeah. It's, it's heartwarming. Um... It's, it's a little bit like watching the Olympics, too, where when you've watched enough, you know, you, we talked about this a while back, I think, on the show, about, like, Olympic diving. At first, you're like, whoa, that was amazing. And then the judges are like, oh, that was terrible. That was devastatingly bad. And, like, yeah, after watching for an hour, you watch a dive, and you're like, oh, there was way too much splash. Oh, that was awful. Oh, you must be so disappointed. It's kind of like that, where, like, I am not a baker by any means. My wife is good at it. I am not. I've done it a few times and it hasn't gone very well. Um, But, you know, you can see, oh, I can't believe the the lamination on that looks terrible. And (laughs) that's clearly overcooked. Oh, the judges are going to hate that. You know, after you watch for a while, you get to that point.
0: That's good. Uh, Another key to, like, the British thing is, have you ever watched... Gordon Ramsay, what's it? Kitchen nightmares
1: or um, just a little bit, maybe okay. like clips on YouTube here and there.
0: So like, there's the like the well-known meme about Gordon calling someone a donkey, but then mm. he's doing his uh, like the kids cooking show and he's calling a little girl like a sweetheart or something. Yeah, like, uh, that's how his English shows are compared to his American shows. Like he's a <laughs> he. He's a jerk in the American shows, but he's just actually trying to help people in the the British ones. Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting. And it's,
0: it's very, very different. But, uh, huh. I, like, I enjoy the older British episodes more than the the ones that he does over here for the most part. Because, obviously, here in America, we just want that drama-filled TV and people yelling exactly. at each other. And yeah. he's perfect for that. So. yeah. yeah. Probably made a buck or two along the way with that persona that he plays, but You know,
1: I think it's a cultural thing too because in America we love movies with explosions and car chases and stuff and and in the UK a lot of their movies are just like people sitting and drinking tea in the same room for 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I know this is like a gigantic generalization, but <laughs> we we're a, a bit over the top here in the US.
0: Yeah, I I'd,
1: I'd agree with that.
0: <laughs> okay, we went from donuts to uh, British television versus American television. <laughs> I think that's where we end things for today. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod, and we'll be back next week with another episode.
1: Go Sums!